the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. get enough of that theme song well this is coliseum chad and you're listening to episode number two of coliseum chad the monthly installment here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire if you didn't know by now my name is chad coliseum chad that's the name every single month we're going to take a break from the new generation declassified schedule and we're going to go back and talk about coliseum video a lot of it has to do with my journey on a recollecting journey, if you will, uh, to get back to where I was about, geez, 15, 20 years ago. Um, a huge collector of Coliseum video, a huge um, tape head, I guess they would say nowadays, where it was anything and everything having to do with it. I was trying to bring it into the, uh, to the vault. I was trying to collect it. I was trying to uh, bring it home. Uh, but over time, as uh, the trends change and the, uh, the 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 ease of getting this footage got a little bit more, um, I don't know, uh, accessible, tapes went by the wayside. Everybody who had them started to unload them. And now as we're in a uh, different phase of life and pop culture and retro is the in thing, I'm jumping on the bandwagon and I am on my recollecting journey, making myself aware of the past of Coliseum Video and what better way to do that than to bring it to the podcasting world and to the listeners of the TMPT Empire and all the other shows uh, that we have here on the TMPT Empire. Uh, today's episode is going to be a continuation of what we did last month. So I introduced you to how I became aware of Coliseum Video last month as a little guy, as a four or five-year-old guy uh, watching tapes with my uncle who was you know, getting into his professional life, but renting tapes just to kind of blow off steam on the weekends. Well, an impressionable little guy was there to uh, be right by his side while he watched some of those. And that was the beginning of the Coliseum video journey. The kind of tail end phase of the Coliseum journey is what we're going to talk about today as I welcome in my uh, TMPT Empire brother, John Paz, to talk about our days uh, as uh, traveling collectors going throughout the state of New Jersey and the tri-state area, trying to find video stores that would sell us Coliseum videos. Uh, this was an amazing conversation uh, that you had with a buddy. You know, this is uh, John and I go back to 2002 when we met for the first time. And a mere year and a half, two years later, we are uh, driving all throughout this, this, the Garden State trying to find Coliseum videos and WCW videos for sale to uh, to add to our uh, respective collections. Uh, but a great chat on board here in a few minutes with John Paz. And uh, kind of funny. And actually, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Since I recorded it, 
he's uh, channeled a lot of memories I actually forgot. So it was uh, it was quite the learning experience for me. So I hope you get the same uh, experience that I did recording it because it toggled a lot in my brain. And it was actually a great walk down memory lane. And since then, I've uh, I've remembered some other details, you know, that uh, I just for some reason forgot right before we uh, we did this uh, little chat a uh, couple uh, weeks back. Uh, what I want to do first here is kind of introduce you to Coliseum Video, give you a little bit of a historical background. Um, now, of course, this is me as a fan doing the research and, and not going to be the official source. I'm sure I'll get things wrong. I'm sure there's going to be things that I miss. Uh, and if you really want to hear from somebody who was on the inside, I've uh, been told that Bruce Pritchard does cover a lot of the Coliseum Video story on certain podcasts. Uh, and knows it obviously uh, from the inside out where I'm on the outside looking in and uh, just kind of collecting information over the years and as I go along. Um, but one thing that has to be known right off, right out of the gate, and again, I mentioned this on episode one, the great companion that we have is the two-man power trip of wrestling's uh, interview with Stephen Hecht of Coliseum Video, who did everything from editing to executive producing to writing the Coliseum Video scripts. That episode is available in the podcast archive. It is also available on the TMPT YouTube page. I will share the link to some of the uh, the content in the description of this uh, episode so you can go back and check it out and fill in some blanks. I mean, that interview was uh, almost eight years ago. So the, uh, the, the information is a little fuzzy for me, and I haven't had the minute to go back and listen to the whole thing to maybe pull some stuff. I'm trying to remember, you know, from my, uh, my haze, certain details that I know I, I do. And, you know, I'm carrying them, I guess, but it's definitely worth a listen. And it's a nice little insight. I've been trying to get a hold of Stephen Hecht again, but that's been much harder uh, this time around. And it's funny because even doing this on a monthly basis, it has been increasingly difficult to get guests scheduled. And I've had some great ones lined up that have either had to cancel last minute or just, uh, you know, got me to the uh, scheduling phase and then they disappear. And for anybody who does schedule podcasts, you know that it's not always the easiest thing when you have two rotating schedules you have to accommodate. And uh, hopefully we get a couple of those uh, in the can and air them in future episodes. But, you know, I'm having fun doing this as we have the show presented right now. And uh, if they come to fruition, that will be wonderful. If they do not, then we'll figure it out as we uh, we go along. But I want to introduce you to Arthur Morowitz. And if you don't know the name, Arthur Morowitz is one of the founders of Coliseum Video, uh, the other founder being uh, Howard Faber. And Arthur and Howard uh, have a little bit of a background in industry that relied very heavily on videotape distribution. They also did a lot of film distribution, and that would be in the adult film industry. Okay, I'll let that sink in with you if we can, that the Coliseum Video founders were a part of the adult film industry. Now, in 2022... Is that the most shocking thing in the world? No, because all you need to do is scroll through your Twitter feed and you see probably more X-rated stuff than you could possibly even have seen, uh, you know, in the 1970s. Uh, and actually, even in the 1960s, when these uh, <laughs> these two uh, young upstarts put their company together 
and uh, Arthur and Howard uh, definitely uh, were at the kind of doorstep of the pornographic film revolution. And uh, there is still their company, Distribpix Incorporated, that is still actively doing this and still uh, uh, curating the adult films of the 1960s and the 1970s and kind of refurbishing them and, and giving them a whole new coat of paint to introduce the next generation of people who want to enjoy some of these films, uh, you know, presently today. And Distribpix has a uh, an amazing website. If you want to check it out, it's distribpix.com. It's D-I-S-T-R-I-B-P-I-X.com. And it's got lists of films. It's got the talent who was involved with it. It's got links to podcasts, a blog. It's got uh, social media links. I mean, it is a quite comprehensive uh, destination if you want to learn about the history of uh, this uh, adult film company that, you know, over 50 plus years in existence. I mean, that is nothing to to be not impressed with. I mean, you have to anybody who's in business that long, you have to absolutely uh, tip your cap. But for uh, Arthur and Howard putting their money together and, and founding this company, obviously the passion was there, you know, and, and being in New York at the time in the uh, in the 1960s and 1970s, the uh, the, the sexploitation films were quite popular. You know, when you think of old seedy New York City and you, you think of the, uh, you know, the flashing lights and all the, uh, the the stories you hear about the different cinemas that featured the videos and the movies that these guys would help produce and distribute. Um, it's a different world now. If you walk through Times Square, you got to duck and dodge all the uh, the characters. But these guys were on the ground floor of of creating this world uh, that would obviously take off and and just be a multi billion dollar industry, and now be so easy to get this uh, <laughs> this type of content. Which back in the day, you had to go maybe to a little bit further uh, lengths to do so. But Arthur and Howard getting connected to the WWF in the early 1980s, that's where we see the home video revolution. That's where we see how the video industry just absolutely took off. That is where, you know, we go back and we think about our video stores that we all went to as kids. That's how all these guys all got into business because, and this is funny because John will mention this in, in the, uh, the discussion that we have. You know, every video store had that back of the of the, the store. I mean, we all know it. Or, you know, in some cases, they had a book in the middle of a section that, you know, was a little higher. You couldn't see it. And we all know what was in those books. And you go up to the front and they switch out whatever tape you're getting and they hand it to you. And you're on your, your merry way. And obviously, you know, <laughs> 18 plus for me, I did not ever rent a tape like that in a store. But, you know, by the time I would have been 18 plus video stores are starting to uh, phase out. So never had the opportunity. Not really uh, disappointed that I didn't, but whatever. Um, but when they get together with the WWF in the early 1980s and they're they're putting together these uh, really revolutionary video compilations, there's nothing that they have to go up against. You know, uh, the NWA wasn't doing home video distribution. They would start doing it a little bit more into like 1985, more so as you get to 86, 87. But the NWA and Turner Home Entertainment is who they use for their distribution. 
wouldn't really be as productive with releases that Coliseum Video would. Coliseum Video, we all know it was three, some two, sometimes three releases at once. And that's how you would see your, your store shelves packed with WWF content. Um, the, the first releases being bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, Hulkamania one, uh, the, uh, the, the first WrestleMania, you know, the best of the WWF, the Andre, the giant tape, the rowdy, rowdy Piper's greatest hits. Some of these early releases being not just on VHS, but also being available on Betamax, which if anybody knows Betamax uh, players, those are uh, still very expensive. They were not the, uh, they were, you know, you're either a beta or a VHS guy. In the early stage of home video, uh, they were also available on Laserdisc, which I do have a pretty extensive Laserdisc collection, but I only have one Coliseum Video title in there. I have the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams Laserdisc. It's sealed. It's from 1985, and it is, it's an amazing condition. I don't know how it stayed in the, uh, the, the shape it has all these years, but you had three different ways to get these, uh, these releases, but they were really expensive. And the average guy wasn't just walking in and getting it from you know, your local video uh, retailer. You had to go to a video store, and if you did want to purchase it, you could shell out anywhere between... to up to $79 and $89.95 just to own one tape in those early days. Now, can you even fathom doing that for a new release? Now, you might do it now for a collector's item. You know, you might do that for something that you really want to add to a collection because you want to be a completist, but you could never fathom dropping 90 bucks on. I don't care if it's your special edition Blu-ray, you know, 3D, uh, you know, the Avengers come out and high five you after they uh, are victorious in their uh, their matchups in their movies. There's nothing you would spend that much on for a physical release um maybe maybe you know i i could see a box set but not for a one single solitary release and that is basically where you were at price point wise for a wwf tape you're in the 59.95 and up um column and if you don't believe me i could tell you two ways how i know this one you could look in an early magazine from the 1980s and you could see when they put the order forms inside the magazines and i'll get to the magazines here in a second, you know, the retail price as we got more into the 80s and into the early 90s was $39.95. But if you see some of those mid-80s ones, they are $59.95. And that price came down from the initial $79 or $89.95. Now, another reason why I know this is because along the collecting journey and when John and I would go and we would buy out a lot of these uh, these video stores... They, some of them would do this, and this was great, and I wish I saved this, but, you know, time passed by. I didn't think anything of it. I probably threw it out in the parking lot. But there were times where you would get a receipt printout from the video store that you were purchasing tape from, and it would have what they paid for the tape on the receipt. So you would see how do they measure the, the, the investment of the tape versus then what they rented it all over, you know, throughout the years. So there were some that I can remember, especially those earlier Coliseum videos that they were paying anywhere between 89 to 99, 95 for the, the ability to own 
the tape to then rent it out to the customers. Now, another thing you didn't see, and I would love to hear this. If anybody who's listening to this does remember, I would love to know if your video store had more than one copy of a wrestling tape because that's another thing you didn't see. You did not see duplicates sitting on your store shelves. You saw one single solitary release, and when that baby was gone, you had to wait for it to come back. And if you were like me and my home video store was West Coast Video, you could go in there, look at the shelf, and know exactly which tape was gone and be like, shit, I have to wait for Macho Madness to come back because I wanted to rent that this weekend. Or, man, WrestleMania 4 is gone. I got to wait for that to come back uh, you know, next week and pray that you didn't get some dickhead that didn't return it and that would be the worst thing ever if you know your favorite tape didn't come back to the uh, to the video store and you'd be uh, out of luck and <laughs> i can say thankfully i did not have to deal with that growing up you know all the ones that i liked were uh, you know were always back and uh, maybe i was the one who wanted to take them home and never uh, bring them back and you know when i finally saw my video store close west coast video i made a beeline to that wrestling section and i i bought the tapes that i rented religiously for probably close to 10 years in that uh same store uh for where we moved to this town middletown in new jersey and west coast video being right there you know i rented the same tapes over and over again and it was always macho madness hulkamania 4 survivor series 89 royal rumble 89 wrestlemania 4 wrestlemania 5 best of the wwf you know, volume 10 or something like I would just go make a beeline for that wrestling section every time and, and try to rent the same tapes. And, you know, that's how you remember a lot of promos. You know, you could you could spout them off verbatim uh, right off the tip of your uh, your tongue. And, um, you know, it had to do with renting those tapes all the freaking time and not getting a chance to to own them. And, you know, you got to tip your cap to Arthur and Howard for being the ones who brought this idea to the table. The WWF of Vince McMahon, who were looking to expand at that time, made the right association and the right connection. And Arthur and Howard helped the Coliseum video uh, creation. Uh, it was a division of A&H Visual as well. So now if you Google A&H Visual and you, you see where they were based out of in, in New York, it's still around today. There's still phys the physical uh, building in which they they had for A and H Visual is now a camera store. It's now a part of the Morowitz uh, uh, chain, I believe. I and again, this is me not having the expert opinion. This is me piecing this together. And uh, I'd love to to talk about this further. I'd love to talk to uh, Arthur's uh, family, uh, his son is still operating uh, Distribpix Incorporated, and I would love to uh, have a discussion and kind of uh, pick his brain to see, like, what it is exactly, uh, you know, he remembers about the whole process and the creation of Coliseum Video. You know, if you Google enough and you find some, uh, some pretty cool uh, details out there, you know, there's some um, home video coverage in, like, Billboard Magazine that shows – the VSDA um, uh, video, uh, oh gosh, what was it? It was the home video, like suppliers and distributors um, conference that they'd have every year or the conventions they'd have every year. And, you know, and, and uh, Arthur and Howard uh, were like rock stars at these conferences because they had just done so much for home video that the WWF stuff was just 
everywhere. And they had to give a, an old tip of the cap to it. You know, you had to had to give them their due, even though, you know, look, they got in with the porn industry and the porn industry is another one that really saved the home uh, entertainment industry. You know, it was really it's Disney. It's the porn pornographic videos. And it's the WWF that I think of when I think of uh, home home entertainment in the 80s and 90s, because those are the three most dominant categories that were just churning out tape after tape and content after content. You just couldn't get enough of what was being released by these uh, three different genres throughout uh, home entertainment. Um, and there's one really cool uh, specific uh, article that I found that the, uh, the the chairman or chairwoman of Buena Vista Home Video, which is the Disney distributor, was getting honored uh, at the VSDA convention. And, uh, you know, they show the Coliseum Video representatives and you get Arthur Morowitz and you get the Coliseum Video spokesman, Hillbilly Jim, in a few of the pictures. And a Hillbilly Jim, you know, when the one time we had him on with the two-man power trip, you know, I got to ask him a question about Coliseum Video because he was the brand ambassador and he was also a part of, I believe, the sales division. So I'd love to talk to Hillbilly again and uh, kind of pick his brain about Coliseum Video and what he did. Because if you remember, a lot of the times if they'd show on WWF Mania, they would show the, uh, the, the booths at the Fan Fest and Hillbilly Jim would be in the Coliseum Video booth, you know, helping with the sales. And uh, what a great guy to have as a spokesman for your video than somebody who a has his own coliseum video the country boys uh coliseum that was an early 85 86 release and then to be a part of a bunch of them wrestlemania 3 being a huge one you know and then uh absolutely being a great guy to uh talk them up at these conferences but another thing too you know that's become a real popular sub uh culture of wwf collecting are the uh press and promo photos that are the eight by tens or eight and a half by elevens that have the white border and the, the picture with the WWF logo, they could be color, they could be black and white. Well, a lot of those promo pictures have a VSDA uh, branding on them because they would have WWF superstars go to those conventions and to those conferences and sign autographs, you know, and it would be an advertised thing if you were in the area and, you know, you could go meet, Diesel or Shawn Michaels or The Undertaker and Paul Bearer or Hulk Hogan or The Ultimate Warrior or Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, Tatanka. You know, you can go on eBay and you can see him on there. There's a there's this just absolute monster uh, collecting database of promo pictures that's out there. And I was going through it today. I mean, and there's so many cool ones out there that if I really wanted to go down the rabbit hole deep, I would go into that. But I never even made my way uh, down to that uh, side of collecting. I've got a couple promo photos, but I didn't really ever go crazy uh, getting it. I recently reacquired the 1989 WWF fan club set of promo photos, but that uh, goes back to uh, some deep-rooted psychological shit on my end where uh, my parents threw out that set uh, around 1996, and I just got them back for the first time. So... Um, Glad to have those uh, underneath the uh, the old IB vault one more time. Uh, before we get into the discussion with John, I'll give you an update on a couple of the pickups that I have been able to acquire since we last spoke. I did reacquire Hulkamania 1, uh, which to me, if you're a Hogan fan or you're a, a Coliseum video collector, you got to have Hulkamania 1. It is the absolute uh, biggest release because it's in that giant clamshell 
but it's not very, it's so simple in its design. It is just a bright blue cover and spine and back with the Hulkster in the red and you know, the red Hulkamania shirt, the first one and the yellow tights. And he's got the iron Sheik on the back and Dr. D David Schultz. And it's uh, it's so simple. Yeah. It's so perfect. And I added that and I was very happy to add that to the uh, collection. Again, I had, uh, the Hulk, uh, the Hulkamania one, I believe I did have it in the clamshell, but this one I got looks virtually brand new. It's not really, uh, beat up at all. The, the, uh, the clamshell box itself doesn't have a lot of the curling you'd see in a lot of those clamshells. They get beat up pretty easily if you don't store them well, but there's a lot of curling that goes on over the years. You know, the, the plastic on the outside gets a lot of funk on it. If it gets dusty, you know, you can see it starts to get a little uh, a little crappier to the touch you know it's a little rough instead of it being very you know more more flimsy and flexible it's a little harder to uh you know to the touch uh but i was able to add hulkamania one back i've picked up a couple of the coliseum video wwf wrestlemania trading cards that were a three panel release up to wrestlemania 9 where it was three cards per sheet i was able to just grab two random cards out of um uh, a lot that I saw on eBay that was available that also featured uh, an Ultimate Warrior sticker that I had never seen before. And it's from 1996. And anything from the Warrior in 96 is cool because there wasn't a lot of merch that came out for the Warrior in, in that late, uh, that 96 run because he was here and gone so fast. This is a Coliseum video sticker. He's got the uh, basically platinum blonde hair and the blue trunks with a blue and yellow uh, face paint design. And he's kind of like on top of a WWF logo. It's very cool. It's an oddball uh, pickup, to say the least. But I like it. And the two trading cards were WrestleMania 7 and WrestleMania, I think, 8, actually. WrestleMania 7, 8, and the WrestleMania 9 promo card. Those were the ones that I did uh, pick up. So I was glad to add those back. And, you know, I got my eye on a few. I'm really trying to get the Macho Madness Tape that is my favorite Coliseum video of all time. Oh, this is a great little uh, sidebar. If you are on my Twitter and you've checked it out, I posted a picture a few weeks back of what my bedroom looked like in 1998, and you see my shelf of Coliseum videos, and I'd love to just recreate that shelf if I can. I've gotten a few of them. Hulkamania 4, I think I mentioned that last month. I got that one back, and there's a couple others that I've got my eye on. But Macho Madness, that's the next one. I'm not sure if I want to get it sealed. I definitely don't want to get it in the cut case. You'll hear John and I talk about those. Uh, but nonetheless, those are the uh, reacquisitions uh, to the collection. When we get back, I want to mention the WWF magazines. And uh, we will uh, wrap after we talk to John. Pause at the two-man power trip. My, uh, my TMPT empire brother, John and I meeting in 2002. Uh, finding that common ground of pro wrestling, meeting in college, and uh, off to the races as we would travel around the state of New Jersey, uh, New York, Pennsylvania. I think we might have even hit Connecticut looking for tapes. That's all we did. And what did we do in the car? We talked wrestling. That's what we did. And now you hear us talk to wrestlers. Well, these are the conversations that we had back in the car in the, uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, so stay tuned for that with John. We will catch you on the jump after we're done talking to him and close out the show. But first, uh, let's get it on over to my uh, my good old longtime close personal friend, 
Mr. John Pops. Coming this May to a video retailer in your area, the official World Wrestling Federation home video series. The first is the best of the World Wrestling Federation with Superfly Jimmy Snuka, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Bruno San Martino, and more. Next, a most outrageous and hilarious hour with sleepers, bloops, and body slams. Finally, Hulkamania. Heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan has personally chosen some of his greatest matches against Greg Valentine, Big John Studd, and the Iron Sheik. The official World Wrestling Federation home video series. Visit your video dealer and reserve your copies now. All right, well, we're getting back in here. Coliseum Chad, the second installment of the monthly series, takes you on a different journey through the world of Coliseum Video, whether it's history, whether it's collecting. This segment, I have to turn the uh, the microphone and the camera around, and I have to look straight at a guy who, when I think of Coliseum Video, I think of my journey of being a Coliseum Video collector, this guy played a huge part because he and I uh, went pretty deep in the trenches. We'll get into that. Uh, but, of course, you know him from this TMPT empire, the one and only Mr. JP, John Pops. Hello, hello. How's it going? It's going very well. So, Coliseum Video, we, we know it very well. Obviously, this is what helped us kind of get on the right path <laughs> for wrestling fandom growing up. This video world was huge when we were kids. Uh, give me your first memory of uh, just finding Coliseum video and kind of what it meant when you would find a new Coliseum video. It's awesome when you go to the video store and you get that big shell, that big egg shell, and the Hulkster is on it or Andre is on it. Just awesome. When we used to go to the video store, my dad used to always take us. There were so many of them around. And when we first moved down, it was probably 86 to uh, – to the new to the central jersey area we were more in north jersey but that was like the first memory because we were about four or five and there were so many good video stores i remember there was a small video store i can never remember the name of it and it was in like a shed it's actually where uh barnes and noble is now mm -hmm. but there was nothing around it and they eventually turned it into God, oh, yes. What, what the hell did they turn it into? It was like some weird spot, but it was literally like a guy's garage. Yeah. And it was I like exactly the one. Yeah. It was like almost in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but they had all these awesome like wrestling tapes. It's like, holy shit. Then you go down the street and you got video is and then uh, easy video. Yep. There's so many good ones. For some reason, we always used to go to video. Is. Wait a second. This isn't the one that became like the trophy place, is it? Yeah, I, th I, okay. I think so. Yeah, it's such a it was such a weird spot. Yeah. And then at one point it turned into like the guy was selling trees outside because there was so much <laughs> open area around. I guess he was cutting trees in, in, in the woods. I don't know, it was such a weird spot, but it was literally like the guy's garage. You go in, and you had a ton of wrestling tapes. But that was like my first memory of like, this is awesome. Like my dad's probably looking for like Arnold movies or like some <laughs> some action movie or something or John Wayne movies or something. And we're like, oh, this is awesome. We get, can we rent uh, can we rent something with Hulk? But that was like, holy shit. WWF, larger than life, these awesome cases, these awesome pictures, just like the feeling of it, like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like you're holding history in your hands. You don't even know it. But there were so many video stores. I feel like that was hot. Like at the moment, like, oh, well, crypto, you got to do the uh, the NFTs. You right. know what I mean? It was video stores back then. Yeah, where we grew up in New Jersey, and, you know, I've talked about it on prior shows. You know, John and I have done shows interviewing wrestlers, talking about wrestlers, talking about Thundercats. Now we're talking about Coliseum Video. But in those shows, we kind of talked about the history. We grew up in similar areas, only a few towns apart. 
but he's right on the money in central New Jersey. It was like the video store hotbed because all the little towns had two or three of the video stores. Now the one you mentioned video is was closer to where you lived yep. and I never had a membership there, but all I used to hear was they had everything. Yes. Everything top yep. to bottom. You can go in there, take your pick stuff again. You never, I always say then what I've said over the last two episodes the best part of going to the video store was finding out tapes you didn't know existed. <laughs> yes. And that's yes. what I heard about video is. <laughs> and there was always like, even the WWNWA ones you're like, holy, whoa, Crockett Cup. Like you'd find like just random ass stuff there. They had everything. They had a, a big room in the back. I don't know what was in it, but they had a big, big room in the back too. I know. But that was like, holy crap. Oh, and like, you know, the random one, which is funny because I was thinking about this the other day because some big goof that we both know sold it to some stranger. Yes. But they were like, oh, British Bulldogs have their yes. own tape. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Brutus Beefcake has his own tape. Like, oh, my God, I got to watch this. So, yeah, there there was ones like that. And it's funny, too, because why would that person not ask somebody like, Hey, you interested in this? Just sell it to a stranger. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I haven't talked to him in like probably eight months. Right. I mean, yep. it's summertime. And I saw perusing through Facebook, a listing for the British Bulldogs tape. Yeah. And I saw who was selling it. And I messaged him. I said, Hey, if you ship to Virginia, I'll take it. And he's like, uh, Oh, I sold it already. And I said to myself, I go, well, why the hell wouldn't you tell me? <laughs> that was my first thought. Like, I don't he even is. care if I want it or not. I just would rescue it from him. <laughs> so he was busting my balls. He goes, sold already, buddy, or something. I was like, oh, come on. But that would be one of the tapes where you'd be like, holy shit, Bulldogs, they make yeah. a tape? Because it wasn't to us anyway. Maybe we were too young to be, like, looking through a catalog or seeing anything right. that was definitely right. available. So, like, when they would have, like, just random, like, greatest hits or whatever, you know, like, you'd be like, what the hell is this? Like, I didn't know this was available. So, like... Brutus Beefcake, you're like, what in the hell? Or like Ken Patera, what in the, oh, that's blue the hell? Yeah, that's the one. Like, <laughs> what the hell? And it's funny, I saw Ken Patera at uh, the wrestling collective store. They had the they had it there. I don't know if it was like didn't he didn't realize it, but nope, that one's not for sale. I was like, oh damn. Like just it's so random. Like, like, why would he have a tape? Like, but as a kid, you're like, this is freaking awesome. Coliseum video. They 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 have everything, they have everybody. This is the best. Yeah, there's a couple like that. There's the George the Animal Steel that he, yep. he got a full tape. That's another yep. random one. Uh, Bruno's tape is completely forgotten and nobody yep. remembers. There's a Bruno San Martino tape. But if you didn't see it at the end of the original, like 40 or 50 that would run the promo at the end, the ones that would put them at the beginning didn't always tell you every single release that were coming out. So they would put them out two to three at a time and you'd show up and you'd be like, oh, I'm here for SummerSlam. And you'd be like, uh, now I'm here for the Ultimate Warrior tape yeah, that I had no yeah. idea was coming out. So that yep. was the cool thing about discovering the video stores. But video is was one that I always heard. They had everything, no questions asked. You want to go find the tape? If it's there, you can rent it. But they had all the choices, and that was I, I didn't have the luxury of that. Now they were a good video store where they didn't damage the box. I hate when I see this yeah, that's because word. somebody was posting, <laughs> yeah somebody was posting this the other day. I forget who it was. Uh, damn, I don't remember who it was, but they had like pictures of the tapes and they were cut. So somebody cut the boxes so it could fit. I was like, Oh man, I hate that video is never did that. They left in the awesome clamshell, whatever you want to call it. They all left in the awesome yeah. box. It's not going to get ruined. I love that. See, and on my recollecting journey, you know, and I know you've been buying some stuff too recently. 
it, it's it's kind of funny. Does that deter you from wanting to buy one if you see a cut case in the, yes, you know, a makeshift I refuse one? because I did. I saw a beefcake. Not that I would want it or buy it anyway, but I saw two beefcakes. <laughs> I saw two beefcakes. I didn't buy either one of them. I, I elected to buy a bunch of – I'm want. i collecting a bunch of Hulk stuff, so I'm just buying a bunch of Hulk um, coliseums and stuff. But I saw one was cut and one wasn't a beefcake. I was like, man, throw this in the garbage. <laughs> it's worthless. Shit. Yeah, it's worthless. <laughs> Who the fuck would cut that? Like, oh, man. Yeah, it's it's that. funny, like how they you know they they try to keep it uniform a lot of places, or they have their own specific uh, box, and you see different variations. The one that I can't stand is where they cut the cover, put it in the front, cut the the spine, put that in the middle, and then oh. cut the back. So it's yeah. not it's it's all separated, and you're looking, yep. it's like you just mutilated this poor yeah. defenseless box. It's w- literally worthless. Yeah, I don't even care about the tape. It's worthless when you do that. There was actually another place. That never did that either. There's a random place called the RX place, which is oh which yes, yes, in the same plaza yes. as Blockbuster Video. But for some reason, they had their own video section. But they're a pharmacy, yes, but but more than a pharmacy. It's like Bradley's plus a pharmacy plus a videotape. It was very strange. We used to, but we used to walk there. It's literally right behind our house. Right, so, you know, it's a couple miles, but we we'd walk there. Sometimes my grandmother would walk us to there, and then we'd walk back. But they would have videotapes and stuff. So, like, that was a, a great place. But I remember they would never cut the box either because, like, who would even think of doing that? Like, that's so stupid. You don't want the, it to be you uniform. You put it behind it. it. Uniform. Yeah, you put it behind it. Yeah. That's all you do. Now, the RX place I mentioned in my last episode, I just couldn't remember the name of it. I said it was a pharmacy. Yeah. I couldn't RX remember place. it was yeah. the RX place. There it is. Now it's a gym. I think it's Retro Fitness or whatever. Oh, damn, or Planet Fitness or something. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, it's something else. That's also kind of a funny thing too, is seeing what a lot of these video stores become, you know, and again, there's so many of them that you live in the same area you grew up, yeah. you go, Oh, that used to be West coast video. That used to be easy video. That used to be the porn shop. Yep. <laughs> now it's Block- gone. <laughs> Blockbuster video is now pay less shoes. It's like, Oh, great. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when I talk about the journey last month with my uncle, I talked about discovering um, with you, you fall into a different bin of like, college age driving the car we have a little bit of disposable income and after you and i met in college and we found that we both you know were huge wrestling fans sometimes we would get in a car and we would literally drive up and down the state of new jersey sometimes crossing into pennsylvania sometimes crossing into new york to find these video stores and to go and buy them out and when i say buy them out didn't matter if they were for sale or not we would go in and we would say hey do you have wrestling tapes? Yes. Are you looking to sell them? Mm, sure. And how much you want to pay? $5 a tape? You got it. And we would go in and the rest is history. What do you remember about those days of driving up and down those highways? That was great because you would like be kind of like you had no idea if they would even sell you the tapes either. So you almost had to put like your salesman cap on too. But you also <laughs> didn't want to seem too eager. So there was this place by Amy's Omelette House. I forget the name of – I mean this is like – um basically by Seabright. It's right by Monmouth University, but this is almost going down more towards Seabright. There's a very famous place still there, Amy's Ama House. They have great, great food. But they had the video store in like that middle part of it. But I remember we went in and we saw like WrestleFest 93 and WrestleFest 94 <laughs> with all these, all these awesome tapes. And she's like, that's funny. Somebody else came in here wanting to buy it. 
And I was like, oh, man. I was like, yeah, they're not really worth anything. Like, just, you, you know, you really want it, but you're trying to downplay it. And she's like, I don't know. He offered me like $5 a tape, and I didn't think that that was that much. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I'd give you 10 or something. And she's <laughs> like, all right. So we got a couple tapes from her. But I remember I was like, that was awesome. Like, we worked her because she wanted Because she's like, they're worth way more. I got somebody else coming in here. So somebody was doing the same thing we were doing, trying to yes. buy the tapes. So she knew they were valuable. But we, like, downplayed. Nah, they're not that valuable. But they really would be. And we wanted the tape. So that was great. And then I remember going to Rumson because there was a Rumson. Yes. All that, all that was a good one. That was a good they one. They had some. And then all of a sudden like, Oh yeah, we had more, but we sold them like, no, like, yeah. cause you wonder what, what else the heck is they had old ass tape. They had they the had, old like, ones. That, yeah. that was the case. The Rumson place was a casing. I remember going back there and yes. and you just walk around, you just politely look, and you take yeah. a mental inventory, yeah. and then you get on your little flip phone and be like, uh, yeah. hey John, um, I found a place in Rumson. Yeah. I think we gotta go uh, check yeah. this out. And that yeah, and we went there and I was like, Where did they go? <laughs> Like, oh yeah, we just sold them a couple minutes ago or something. It's like, oh come on. Yeah, like how did somebody else realize it and do like the same thing we're doing? But it's funny, remember like West Coast video was closing, so yep. you had to rush there and everything is gone. They only yeah, have like shit gone. left. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, there's a lot of those. The one that I, I really remember, and I this one was a solo one for me, and it was in Oakhurst, the the place where we saw the TNA pay-per-views, that movie theater and that shopping yeah, center. Yeah, it yep. was a huge video store. Like, this is one that you you would only see in like a movie it was gigantic and i literally pulled into the parking lot as the guy was walking out with stacks and stacks and stacks oh. of the wrestling tapes and i've been casing this place too and i was like where how did you do this oh yeah i just went in and asked if they wanted to sell them and they said yes and I was like, I I've been trying to get these for months. I can't believe you did this. I go, can I buy one off of you? <laughs> he goes, what do you want? I looked through and I picked the brains behind the brawn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, was a tape I didn't know existed yep, until I had seen yep. it. And uh, and it was like one of those, like it was a gut punch because you're like, I put so much work into this place and trying to get them to sell them. Yep. They didn't sell them. And this fucking guy <laughs> comes and grabs them. <laughs> Pretty crazy, though, like that other people were had the same thought in mind. And God knows how long he was casing that place because he obviously knew what he was doing too. But yeah, that happened a few times to us. Like we went there and you know, you get some tapes, but then there were some that were missing. So you're like, shit, I wonder what they had that was missing or that the store would close and that they weren't selling the tapes. It'd be right. like, you're not even staying open. Like, what is the point? <laughs> like, what are you going to throw them in the garbage? Like what, or what are you stealing them yourself? Like sell us the damn tapes, you bastards. Yeah, my big one was RST Video in Leonardo, Ooh, and know, that's where the famous, because of the Kevin Smith movies, the guy who was working there had to be on some sort of meth or crack or, or drug of some sort, sold me their tapes for $10 each, and I didn't Not get bad. all of them. I got Macho Man. I got nice. a couple of best of the WWFs. The one that I, I regret ever selling is the one with Brett clotheslining Ricky Steamboat on the cover. Oh. That was a, a great, great tape. Yep. And I left a bunch behind, but like six months later, RST video, not that they closed, they just never reopened. And and they sat in this now closed building with the lights off. And I'm, I would always look at them and be like, they're right there. <laughs> they're right there. Let me in. Knock, knock. Come on. You should have broke in. It wouldn't have noticed. It would have just been another day in, uh, in the yeah. yard. <laughs> yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been anything uh, hot off the presses. Uh, so then, like, you know, eBay's introduced and eBay becomes a huge destination. 
when you started to get the ones when we were buying them in the stores, did eBay become a place where you wanted to fill in the collection or you just wanted to get the ones you wanted? More get the ones you wanted pretty much. I feel like eBay almost kind of exposed it a little too much. Like it almost got too popular. Yeah. Like we were kind of doing it when it wasn't as popular and we wanted to collect. Then all of a sudden it got popular, which is funny because people are like, collecting tapes not popular you know you dorks or whatever like no it got pretty like it got pretty absurd too like some of the amounts though that were on there too was like come on like you know the tape's not worth that much like fuck like Hulkamania one like come on like you know that's not that rare but i feel like sometimes it got out of control sometimes on ebay it got a little too popular which i yeah. didn't like yeah i didn't care for that and it's still to this day like it fluctuates you'll see sometimes they're going for astronomical numbers mm-hmm. and, and what i've seen and you know you as well when you're buying some of the hogan stuff you can still get a tape for five bucks if you yeah. look hard enough or you have an alert set. But then you see people that are trying to sell, you know, uh, a 35 year old VHS tape for $60 as an opening bid or a buy it now. And you're just kind of like, look, like, I mean, if I really, really wanted to, I could just go stream it, but yeah. I want to physically hold the case. So I want it. But it seems like the prices just get kind of made up. And the big ones during like our era where the Heart Foundation tape yeah. was unbelievably and that's one of the ones that i never got rid of i held on to that forever but the heart foundation and then oddly and this ties into new generation declassified some of those mid-90s tapes like 95 96 were like you couldn't even touch them because they were hundreds of dollars yep they didn't make enough of them they were too rare who wanted them yeah <laughs> and that, that was another thing it's like what the fuck are we making this for who wants this shit yeah pretty much but the heart foundation one that one's awesome yes Oh, it's very, great. Very, very rare. But you know what's funny, too? It's like, and again, this is why I like doing this show, because you, you kind of get to talk this stuff out. What made it that the Hart Foundation, a heel tag team, got a compilation when a guy who I'm I'm trying to kind of, you know, push as a guy who maybe should have got a Coliseum video, where was the Mr. Wonderful Coliseum video? I think he kind of fit perfectly. Oh, big time. In the Coliseum uh, bin. Jimmy Snooker. Remember when we interviewed Stephen Heck? Seven years ago, he said Snooker was on the chopping block because of all his issues, and he should have had a Coliseum. But the Hart Foundation, yep. a heel tag team, got one. Very strange, especially that era. It kind of doesn't make sense. But it's almost like if fucking Beefcake is getting one, how does Orndorff not get one? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Jay, I mean, and Jake got one early, you know, yeah. just yep. turning heel. Jake got one. Yep. I mean, hell, where's the Hockey Talk Man Intercontinental Champion one? Yeah. Should have gotten one. Yeah. It is weird almost to think like why George Steele would get one, but <laughs> Honky Tonk Man didn't. I know like the face heel dynamic there, but still it's like Honky was a way bigger star. Tito Santana. Why didn't he get one? Yeah. He was the Intercontinental Champion for uh, a good portion of that mid eighties. It's Junkyard Dog. Why didn't he get one? You know, it's, yep. there's, there's a lot of guys that you could question. Uh, but if you were going to say, this is my blank favorite tape of the Coliseum run, what would it be? I don't know. I always liked Hulkamania six just because you get some rare matches on there. I don't know why, but um, that one always stuck out to me. Just a, just a really great tape. And I just love this, the randomness of them making a Ken Patera fucking Coliseum. I just, that still cracks me up. And I can't believe I saw it like a month ago. I can't believe I even like saw it. I'm like, Holy shit. So it, it just, I feel like, I don't know. I love those Hulkamanias. Uh, the best of Hulkamania is awesome too. I actually have in the back that black cover. Yeah, that's Pretty a cool. good one. No, I but like yeah, that one. but for some reason, I don't know. Hulkamania six always just just was like, wow, that's random ass matches on here. Is that the one with uh, Stan Hansen? Yeah, and yeah. Hulk. Yeah, that's a great one. 
with yeah. the uh, Sean Mooney and Lord Alfred Hayes commentary over it instead of the Japanese commentary. I, <laughs> and I love Lord Alfred Hayes. He's it's almost like he's much more serious, but then he jokes around a lot. So you get a so much different like personality from him that different than when he's on TV. And I know for you, Coliseum Video is the home of one of your favorite all-time matches, and that's WrestleFest 94, the the Hart brothers versus the Steiner brothers, which I just listened to an interview with Rick. Did you know that was possibly their last night or the night they found out that they were leaving the company? Was that match against the Hart brothers? Wow. I, I No, I didn't realize it. Wow, yeah. That's pretty crazy. It's like one of those things that, like you don't realize at the time. Then you look at the dates and you realize, like, holy shit, that was like their their exit. But that match is awesome. It's one of the greatest tag team matches I've ever seen. I love that match. That's why I love that tape. Plus, uh, Stan Lane and Gorilla on commentary. I mean, that's pretty rare. It's it's a definite, uh, it's a great little uh, piece of history. But yeah, he said, I think that was the night they said they either were told they were they were done or they went and they gave their notice very forcefully, perhaps. Um, but yeah, that night against, and they go out and have this classic all time yeah. match with, uh, you know, with the hearts. And it's like, man, that's a, that's a time capsule, but it's Coliseum video. And, and I feel like the mid nineties Coliseums don't get the love that they should only because like you said, it was a little less distribution than it was in the eighties. Video stores were kind of starting to die out a little bit, you know, yep. five years earlier in 88, 89, you know, you're buying tapes out of a uh, guy's uh, garage right 93 94 blockbuster starting to take over you know the bigger chains are stepping in but some of those mid-90s coliseums you got some pretty gold pretty good stuff on there yeah and it's funny if you think about like that area where i lived just just like let's say two mile radius one two three four five i think there were six or seven videos stores within it's two crazy. miles of each other like that's how popular and it wasn't like one was dying out and the other one was kicking ass they were all pretty much doing like same business maybe video is just because they had so much more than everybody but oh yeah it was it was almost like wow easy videos killing it like every place was killing it i know it just was like weird like Kmart and Pathmark would have videotapes in there. It's like, yep. it's like, oh my god! Everywhere you went, they had videotapes. It was just so hot. It was such a great market back then. Pathmark, I cased Pathmark quite yes. often because they had some good. They had. It's like every place had like that one or two where you're like, they just would be a little bit workable. Maybe I can walk out of here with best of the WWF Volume Twelve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, wait, whatever you can get, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So are you just going to get the Hogan stuff? Is this it for your recollecting? Or are you maybe going to pick up a few of the other key releases? I don't know. I, I was thinking about that because if, if I can start maybe see like if Hard Foundation or something, like how you can't really pass that up, you know, or Macho Man or something pops up, I might have to get a couple other ones. But I've really just been focusing in on, on Hogan stuff. I've been getting a um, ton of Hogan, just random ass shit too, like little little Hogan pin with him on. Like, nice. Um, found... Um, it was made a couple of years ago. It's not really that old, but it's Hogan, Andre, little stand-up guys, mm-hmm. pretty sizable guys. Uh, just I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm a big Hogan mark. I just kind of love kind of recollecting some of that old Hogan stuff. I just uh, love it. But if I see Hearts or something, I mean, I, I can't pass up that. Like Patera, I literally almost would have bought the pan, uh, Can Patera because it's so fucking <laughs> random. But they're like, no, it's not for sale. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to pull that one off because you know it's going to go. It's it's. Uh... I know it was like one of those things where like, no, this one's mine. Like, oh, you bastard! Why the hell did you have it for sale then? Oh, I didn't realize what I had. Like, fuck! I almost like should have like nope, no, so like yeah, you oh, should have like, put it in between yeah. two other tapes and be like, yeah, oh, I'll take these three. 
<laughs> it's like I'll, I'll give you i don't know for the hogan hulkamania one I'll, I'll give you 25 and i don't know the other ones i'll give you five i guess i should have but then they're like oh fucking patera no way yeah something for the kids you know i just want to educate yeah. them you know introduce yeah. them to the old generation yeah. stuff uh all right john pause well before we uh, say goodbye please uh give the uh, the listeners of uh your tfpt empire feed where they can find everything going on uh, with you <laughs> Just follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip and check out the website tnptempire.com. And I, of course, appreciate all the time as usual. It's always a blast when we get to uh, rip it and uh, talk about the old school times. I like that. But we're not done here on Coliseum Chad. We will catch you on the other side of this cool little sound and we will close out the show now. Hi, gang. Being Gene Okerlund here to tell you about the next exciting release from the World Wrestling Federation and Coliseum Home Video. WWF's Invasion 92, available March the 26th. Folks, believe me when I tell you that this tape is just loaded with great exclusive matches, like Hacksaw Jim Duggan teaming up with the Macho Man, Randy Savage, to do battle against Jake the Snake Roberts and the ominous Undertaker, as well as the immortal Hulk Hogan squaring off against his one-time comrade, Typhoon. Now also, in the WWF's Invasion 92, you'll see exclusive features like the Nasty Boys visiting a video store and Manager Cam with Sensational Sherry, where we hone in on her work at ringside. And in a special feature, we will have a personal profile on Ric Flair. All this and much more packed into the WWF's Invasion 92, available March the 26th. And remember, folks, if you don't see it in your local video store, be sure and ask for it. Now then, before we get to all of the great action of the Royal Rumble, let's take a look at a few little superstars. And we're back in a great conversation with John. Again, just like I said before, this is stuff that I'm I'm just like he triggered a lot in my brain. He's making me remember things I absolutely forgot, but then afterwards could remember such little details that it just needed that little toggle uh, by JP to, uh, to to get it going. But appreciate the time that we got to spend talking about that. It was a ball. It was actually it's the most fun that we have had having a conversation in ages. And it was so simple, and it was a lot of fun. And I, uh, I appreciate uh, him coming on. And uh, obviously, he's a great person to come back again in the future because he's been collecting them again as well. And I'm telling you, this took up so much time. That it's uh, it's fu- it's funny and I love it and it's uh, it's very cool. So thanks, John, for uh, for coming on and uh, best of luck as you also try to acquire some of that very cool Hulk Hogan merchandise. So what I mentioned before about the WWF magazines uh, come to, to to me at a time where when I was looking at guests and uh, people that I was bringing on, I found a collector on Twitter that purchased a giant wrestling collection and in it had a, a big, large amount of Coliseum video ads uh, that were in this uh, this collection that he bought. And again, I was trying to have him come on the show, but the scheduling didn't work out and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it, I remember seeing the ads myself, um, but what he had was kind of more of the promotional ad. Now, I purchased a couple WWF magazines from 1989, not expecting to see anything Coliseum related you know obviously they would be in the magazines but I wasn't really like seeking it out as I uh, as I went through it so thumbing through this uh, July 1989 
uh, WWF magazine that if you're following this in real time, I posted on Twitter the night before this uh, episode was released. The, the, the ad that I saw inside of the July 89 uh, uh, WWF magazine, I've never seen before. And it was very, very cool. And it had uh, the best of the WWF volume 19. It had the um, uh, Brutus the Barber beefcake uh, picture, you know, that's on the cover of that. It had the Ultimate Warrior VHS advertised, which is a cool uh, addition to your Coliseum collection. At one time, very pricey and hard to get a hold of. I only knew one video store that had it. It was Easy Video in Lincroft, New Jersey, that had the uh, Ultimate Warrior tape. I did not get to get that one. That was one of those that was sold right before I got there uh, scenarios. Uh, and it also had the best of Saturday night's main event, or excuse me, more of the best of Saturday night's main event, uh, featured as well, which if you look at the two Saturday night main event tapes that were released, there's the best of in 1987, 1988. And then this one in 1989, you could have thought maybe they'd gone on a little bit more. They could have had three, four and five volumes of, of Saturday night's main event, but the choice of the cover of the best of Saturday night's main event goes to the rockers, which is cool because they weren't on any other tapes. So the rockers get the cover of best of Saturday night's main event, but in the ad it's the Hulkster who they advertise as being on the cover of best of Saturday nights, more of the best of Saturday night's uh, main event. So I guess they maybe thought the Hulkster could be the draw to get you to buy this tape, but really they put the rockers on the cover of it. Uh, which I loved. And now that was a tape that I found to be pretty rare as well at some points. You know, you actually find if you see this tape online, you find it on eBay, you see it on like a Facebook marketplace. The tape itself, the cover is beat to shreds all the time. I mean, it is just it's a black cover and the, the rockers picture is usually very faded and the, the box just looks like it's taken a freaking beating. And some of the coliseums from that 88, 89 uh, time frame, they have that same kind of beat look to them because either they were placed in the window by the sun and the windows didn't protect it. Some stores could bring that, you know, drape down that would uh, block the sun from coming in. But a lot of times the wrestling tapes could be right up against that sunlight and it would damage the cover, but also the lights that are directly above it, those those uh, fluorescent lights could do some pretty big damage to the colors of some of the tapes, not all of them. You know, you see it on the clamshells, too. It's not like this is, um, you know, exclusive to the 88, 89s. I'm just saying you see the 88, 89 releases being a little more worn than the other ones. And that could just be my, uh, you know, kind of craziness of uh looking into it a little bit uh but yeah the july 1989 issue of the wwf magazine the ad having the best of the wwf the ultimate warrior tape and then the more of the saturday the best of saturday night's main event um the other two covers kind of stayed the same you know brutus was on the cover of the best of tape the warriors uh image was a variation but you know obviously it's still the warrior but yeah the hulkster getting the ad cover and then them switching into the rockers. I thought pretty cool. Uh, I'm glad they went with the rockers because uh, the rockers were a huge part of that 88, 89, 90 timeframe for WWF tag team specialists, of course. And uh, you know, Shawn Michaels would have many a tape down the road and Janetti would be featured on others as well. So there's Marty Janetti, no slouch. Marty Janetti gets the cover of, I believe super tape number two 
So no, um, no denying that MJ got his, uh, his love by the Coliseum video folks in the WWF. Um, uh, but that's about all I've got. Just trying to look down my list of things. Oh, here's another cool thing. Uh, finding an old episode of the art of wrestling with Colt Cabana. Actually, just today as I was getting ready to uh, record this outro, and uh, the I forgot the art of wrestling with Colt Cabana, who was really the uh, the godfather to a lot of wrestling podcasts, used the Coliseum video music that I used at the top of this show to uh, do his ad read. So everywhere you go, it's Coliseum video uh, left and right. So very uh, very cool. Cult, of course, growing up in that same time frame as a lot of us, and knowing the importance of it, and I'm sure. He uh, he loved that uh, music as well. He loved those tapes because uh, how could you not? And uh, you know, I have to say, uh, doing this is a labor of freaking love. And next month with episode number three, we will absolutely have a feature uh, guest commentator in here. I have uh, somebody on tap who's going to double up for both New Generation Declassified and Coliseum uh, Chad because we have a kind of dual role discussion to be had so uh looking forward uh to that we will update the pickups uh next month we'll see what comes in the mail i would love to hear the pickups that you might be getting if you're looking to collect coliseum videos or hell if you're even looking to just collect vintage again let me know i'd love to hear it i've been buying little stuff left and right you know i've been uh quietly uh amassing a pretty good collection of the hasbros again uh i've been collecting some of the promo pictures some magazines the tapes uh in my house it's still 1989 so i love that time frame 88 89 is uh is the chadster's uh, uh cup of tea as it relates to uh to wrestling and uh, i'm really glad to be doing this because this is just a freaking blast and uh i guess that's it for today if you want to follow me it's at Chad EMV on Twitter. It's at IB Exclusives on Instagram. This website is tmptempire.com. All the podcasts under the TMPT umbrella, including all the shows you heard John mention before. Under this website, I mean, we, we churn them out left and right. We have eight years worth of content. Hit up the YouTube channel. Hit up the podcast uh, database. And show us some love. You know, we've been doing this for a long time. And, uh, you know, if you've been following us for that long, then, man, you, uh, you're you definitely a glutton for punishment. But you've got great taste in podcasts. For sure, uh, you can catch the franchise Shane Douglas as well. Uh, the podcast uh, coming back uh, the next week. The Queen of Extreme Francine. Patreon.com slash Francine Podcast. Also on the Creative Control Network. Uh, we've got a great series called The Flashbacks that we're uh, churning out some old Patreon content that is uh, a lot of fun to go back and listen to and introduce to the listeners for the first time. Uh, come buy my new T-shirt at belowthecollar.com slash IB exclusives. You got my IB exclusives logo shirts, but also the Chadster shirt. You got to add it to your repertoire. Why not? It looks great. It honors the Hulkster. If you love 80s wrestling and you like the Chadster even a little bit, you want to add the, the Chadster shirt to your uh, your repertoire. Belowthecollar.com is a sister site of Pro Wrestling Tees, so it's the same kind of quality. It's the same kind of service that you're used to getting through Pro Wrestling Tees. Well, now it's through this website called Belowthecollar.com. So happy to open up that T-shirt store on there, and I'd love to move some Chadster shirts so please uh, help me out and uh, buy a shirt, and I would be ever so grateful. 
Uh, we will catch you back here next week for New Generation Declassified. We will catch you next month for Coliseum Chad Episode 3. Thank you very much for listening. And for all you tape heads out there, this is your boy, the Chadster. We will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.